morning and welcome to La Jolla Community Church. Will you please stand with us as we start worship this morning?
Good morning, La Jolla Community Church. How are we all doing this morning? Everybody good and awake? I love it. I love it. So this morning, this really weird thing happened. I got in the car, and I turned on the defrost, and I had to sit and wait for my windshield to defrost, which has never happened in San Diego before. I don't know about you guys. I have lived on the West Coast my whole life, so using the defrost happens like once a year. Um, It's funny. I didn't even know what a button was. Um, Anyway, my name is Ryan Sylvia. I'm the director of student ministries here at La Jolla Community Church, if you couldn't tell by my scatterbrain. Um, But one thing I want to draw everybody's attention to, if you look inside the front cover of your bulletin, hold the microphone, help you back there, Jay, sorry about that. Um, If you look inside the front cover of the bulletin, you will notice a little section to give us some information. We are a church that believes in the power of prayer. We believe that coming together as a community in the name of Jesus makes things happen. So if you've got some time in this service, which you do because I'm giving it to you right now, um, please take a moment to fill out that little card. Just spend some time writing whatever's going on in your life. The Christmas holiday can be difficult for some families. If there's a prayer request that you need, there's a loved one in your life that needs prayer, please fill that out. We have a team of prayer warriors that prays over every single prayer because we believe that prayer is real. Also, it's a perfect opportunity to write down a praise report. I think sometimes in the church we often spend a little too much time focusing on the things that are wrong in our lives. This is also a fantastic opportunity just to rejoice in the blessings that God has poured out into your life. So please take a moment, rip that off. In a moment, the ushers are going to come by to collect those. Go ahead and drop that in the offering basket. Uh, A couple of upcoming announcements that I would love to talk about. Uh, In next week, we have our membership class. If you are interested in joining LJCC, raise your hand in here if you are a member of LJCC. Love it, love it. I love being a member of this church. It's, it's a beautiful community that just gets together and loves on one another. And if you want to get to know a little bit more about, we, about what we do here at LJCC, what we believe, any of that, um, please join us for that membership class that is going to be happening again Sunday, January 12th, next week, after the second service. So right after this one, if you're a second service person, it's great. Come to the service. Immediately after, uh, Pastor Steve is going to be in the Welcome Center just letting you know about a little bit that's going on here at LJCC, about what our heart is. So if you would like to join our, our become a member of our church, sorry, please join us in the Welcome Center se- Sunday, January 12th, after the second service. The uh, next thing I want to bring your attention to, students, get excited. Woo! They'll be more excited later. Uh, Winter camp is coming up. Winter camp is happening January 24th through the 26th. I am taking the junior highers and high schoolers up to Big Bear. How many of you guys love the snow? Yep, I love the snow to visit. It's great. Uh, We are taking the junior highers and high schoolers up for a weekend of just spending time with Jesus. I love camp because it removes you from the peer pressures of school. It removes you from worrying about having to look cool, having to act cool. Camp is just an opportunity where you get to spend with Jesus. If you go as a leader, if you go as a student, it always changes your life. Camp is just a fantastic time to get yourself re-engaged with the Lord, to check where your life has been, where your priorities are, and to spend some immediate time with God. So if you know a student who is between grades 6th through 12th grade, please come find me after the service. I would love to chat with you to get them plugged in. Again, those dates are January 24th through the 26th. If you would like to go, please come contact me. Let me know. There are still spaces available. With that being said, I would like to invite the ushers to come forward and Pastor Dave to pray for our offering. Thank you very much. Real quick, Ryan, stay up here for a second. Or put it down and then come back. So uh, if you're not in the social media world, then you probably wouldn't know this. 
Uh, but this guy, Ryan, right here, and this girl, Haley, just got engaged over Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, right? See, blessings upon you, and may your children serve in the church. So, uh, anyways, hey, thanks for giving those announcements, man. Yeah, I love his energy. It's so good. And I love winter camp because I was never cool, still aren't cool. Hence why I said aren't cool. Uh, but uh, we're going to be praying for you guys. So encourage your friends to sign up. So uh, if you guys would bow your heads with me, let's just pray for the offering and the continuation of our service. You guys are dismissed. Uh, Lord, we come before you. And really, our time of giving through uh, this offering is a continuation of our act of worship. Uh, Father, we first acknowledge that everything that we have is yours, and we get to partake in the mission and ministry um, which you have given us here in this church, and so we uh, get to partner with you in what you want to do, and so we give uh, generously, we give out of a portion of what you have blessed us with, Father, that you would continue to reach people for Jesus, that the ministries that happen in this church and the ways in which we're able to engage our culture in our community a father would expand and grow greater uh, as your people give to the mission in which we believe uh, we want to see fulfilled, given from you. So God, we do this again as an act of worship out of our love and our generosity to you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
So good. All right, thank you. Isn't it great to just have a great worship team? You know, right? Um, I love any time you come to the scripture, one of my habits when I do this is just to put on some worship music, just kind of let it filter through your mind, to just kind of get rid of all of the junk that is so easily filled in our minds, and then just come to the word of God and just let him speak. So I'm blessed that we, we put such a tremendous weight on worship and uh, just leading us to the throne. Before we begin, I just want to do uh, three quick things with you. Uh, one, uh, I want us to open up again in a word of prayer for a couple of things. One, as we come to the word of God, that we would just have one last chance to just take a deep breath, uh, maybe just kind of do a little spiritual cleansing as we open up the scripture that we truly would say, God, speak to me here, meet with me where I'm at right now, that I leave here changed, I leave here renewed uh, by my mind at what the word of God wants to do. But I also want us to lift up our senior pastor, Steve, who is at home sick today, uh, got a message, and he was going to lead the communion and the time of prayer. So I don't mean to give the appearance that I'm a one-man show today. I'm not doing a takeover. Uh, he is just at home sick. So I would love for us to just pray for uh, him uh, right now. So would you just uh, bow your heads, and let's come before the Lord one more time. Lord, we lift up our pastor uh, to you today. We pray that you would touch his body. You would heal him quickly. Uh, we miss his presence here. Uh, he is loved. He is cared for. He is thought about. But, Father, we're thankful that he is able to be home, to rest, so would you restore him quickly, and we look forward to meeting with him again this next week. God, as we come and we open up the scriptures today, uh, we do so knowing uh, that we are able to read and understand and comprehend the scriptures because the foundation in which we have built and which we are learning upon, uh, your son Jesus Christ gave all so that we could have this life that loves to learn about you, desires to know more about you and who you are. And so we do not take this lightly. Uh, we do this with great reverence, respect, but also, Father, with joy, enthusiasm, uh, in, in a heart that is thankful that uh, in this day and age, Father, we can still open up the Bible, uh, that we can talk freely about God, or we can have a time of worship, and we can meet in a building, and, and we can say the name Jesus Christ uh, Father, so freely, and so we pray for those who are scattered in the world in this moment, who do not have those freedoms and liberties that we experience here and now. So, Father, we do with a heart say thank you. And we pray for uh, the ministers all around the world and for the messages that are being delivered today. Uh, would people meet with you, encounter you today? And as we're doing here this morning in this room, would we meet with you? Would you, uh, Father, speak what you would desire through me? Would it be clear? Father, would you give understanding? Father, if there's something that I need to say, would you recall to my mom and to say it? If there's something you want me to withhold, would I do so? Father, I simply want to be used by you to say what you would have me to say this morning, coming from your scripture, because that is the good news. So, Father, we're again thankful. Uh, be with us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I said three things, and here's the third thing. Um, I cannot help by speaking and with my enthusiasm controlling the armpit sweat. So when I raise my hands in the air, do not be distracted. I'm going to get that out of the way early, all right? I'm too animated. No undershirt can stop me. If you know of one, please tell me. Otherwise, I will be. So if I'm doing this, you understand. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of 2 Corinthians. And we're starting a brand new series over this month called What's New? 
And I think what a great start. And, you know, every church has been waiting for 2020 because you get to talk about vision and perfect vision and all these kinds of things. But we're going to be talking about what's new in looking really at several areas of reconciliation, in redemption, in renewal in him. And we're going to look at that in four different areas. Today we're going to be talking about identity. And over the coming weeks it's going to be heart, mind, and life. And here really is the goal that we uh, will see that a personal relationship with Jesus connects us to God's powerful mission in the world. So get in on the ground floor. Don't miss the weeks to come. This is where we're going. This is going to set the tone for the next year. So we're excited to, to uh, be able to speak these messages to you. Uh, we hope that you will invest in this time together. But like I said this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, our identity and a new identity. And I love the worship songs that we sang that really our firm foundation is Jesus Christ in which we set our lives upon. Uh, and so would you uh, look with me in your Bibles or up on the screen here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling himself, the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Don't you feel good about that? And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, in light of all of this, being in Christ, being reconciled to God through Christ. Here's the kicker. We're never let off the hook, but this is the joy in which I hope you're embracing your Christian life. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I should probably just pray, say amen, and sit down. But I'm not. I've got to fill some time. Here's the joy of the Christian life. That it's no longer in you. Your life is now in Christ. And I want to unpack this this morning because really in this is the ability and the capacity to live the kind of life God is calling you and desires for you to live. If I were to sit down with each of you and ask you, do you want to live the life that God has called you to live? Everyone would probably emphatically say, yes, absolutely. But how many of you know discouragements come? How many of you know the trials and the temptations come? How many of you know that when you mess up, the enemy is there right on your front doorstep to remind you of exactly what you have done and to create that division in that wedge in your Christian walk with God to discourage and try to hinder that faith? Y'all feel that? So we do well in our Christian life to continue to remind the enemy and remind ourselves of where our faith in our identity lies, and that is in Jesus Christ. Rewind with me uh, about 20 years. Uh, anytime you have family and your parents uh, in the audience, you got to preface this. They did not say this to me, Okay. So, we're prepped there. You guys are off the hook. <clears throat> Within the span of a couple of years, I heard the following things. He's stupid. He's lazy. He's irresponsible. He's too lackadaisical. He's too aggressive. He's not aggressive enough. Uh, Dave, you're not smart enough to take this class. You should probably drop it now. 
Uh, he's lazy, he's irresponsible, and he will amount to no success in life. I'm not making that up. In my heart, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. I had received Christ at an early age. And for years, as children do, it's everything is great because your parents are buying everything, you know, like, then you get old and you pay bills, and you're like, what is this life? But then there came an age where I started having to really discover where was my faith? How was I going to live out my faith? What was I going to do in my life? What did I want to be? What did I want to be when I grew up? And through the series of events that took place, I became so convinced that I was absolutely worthless. It is so easy to let the world begin to condition us that what they say is true. You ever take things personally? Words hurt, right? The phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. If only that were the case. I would rather take sticks and stones than words. Because words cut to the heart of a person. That's why the Bible speaks so much to the tongue and to speech. Because it has power in it. You lay out the Bible and you go through the course of this and you see this tension between heaven and hell. You see this tension between good and evil, righteousness, unrighteousness. What is the struggle? The struggle is the enemy who the Bible describes as a liar, as a deceiver, an accuser of the brethren, a snake, a serpent, all these things. Nothing ascribed to the enemy is anything good, but how much value we can let his words speak into our hearts. See, in my head, I knew that Jesus loved me. Why? Because as a child, I sang, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so, over and over. I am a C. I am a C. You know, we sing that song as a kid, like, I'm a Christian. Like, my identity in Christ, and I know he loves me. And we learned the Bible verses growing up that Jesus died for me. He rose again. He loves me. But again, if we are not careful, people's words can almost supersede the words of the Bible in our heights, never that it should or that it can, but it can have that kind of an impact in our life if we let it. Hence why we need to continually be filled with the Spirit, reminded of the Scripture, saturating ourselves, marinating ourselves. Y'all just got hungry on me right now. That we need to continually be filling ourselves with the word of God that we are renewed by our minds according to the word of God. Because in this compass, in Christ, is your identity. You are not what you do for a living. You are a Christian that does what you do for a living. There's no separation of that. And this is what the Apostle Paul is beginning to tell us, that he's just come in these prior verses to telling us of the eternal home that awaits us who are in faith. 
He's talked about in these previous chapters his relationship before the Lord met him on the road to where he is now. And he's saying, listen, in Christ is a new life. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. How has that happened? What he says in verse 18, by God reconciling us to himself through Jesus Christ. You know who's the initiator of that? One of the things that breaks my heart so much as a pastor, as a friend, as whatever to a person is when someone says, I just don't feel like God loves me. Because what I know to be true is that God pursued me before I ever pursued him. Romans 5. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. It wasn't this, well, Dave, as soon as you got righteous enough, then God died for you, then he loved you. He pursued me. There was enmity between God and man, and God made a way for us to be reconciled to himself through his son, Jesus Christ, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, so that we could have newness of life. Do you feel good? And while I hope we feel kind of this positivity to that, there's also this level of conviction to that as well. Because while we believe it, I know Jesus loves me. I know God died for me. Yeah, he reconciled me. Do we live it? Do you live in such a way that that is your testimony? Because here's one of the great things that I know about our loving God. Is that if he's calling you to do something, he's going to give you the ability and the capacity to do it. We're going to sing a song, and it's one of my favorites. I've been playing it this whole last week, and <clears throat> even in my office uh, just a few minutes ago. And it's a song that how loved we are, that you are, you are chosen, you are loved, not forsaken. Because really, this is the reality, a reality check in our lives, if you will. I am not how I define me. I am who God says that I am. Who does God say you are? God says that we are justified because of Christ. Because all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are forgiven. We are loved, we are cared for, we are forgiven, we are justified, we are being sanctified. And you know what else happened at the moment of your salvation? You begin an inheritance, as First Peter says, that awaits you in heaven. I mean, what? You are not others say about you you are not what's been done to you 
You are not the sum of all of your mistakes. You are not what lies the enemy accuses you of. Here's who you are. You are who God says you are. You are in Christ. You are a new creation. You are sons and daughters of the king. You are loved. You were bought at a price. You were given the indwelling ministry of the spirit. You have set eternity in your hearts. And he has left to go and prepare a place for you. I mean, come on now, right? That's great news. And out of that is really where Christianity lies in the sense of, I don't just want to take and say, cool, thanks, God, for doing all the hard work. Now let me just coast through my life, do what I want to do. No, it's this, wow, God, I am so undeserving, but because of your grace and your mercy and your goodness and your faithfulness in spite of my unfaithfulness, you loved me so much, I want to commit to live a life of obedience and love to you. Our desires change when we are in Christ. It is no longer this selfish desire. It is a selfless desire to say, God, whatever brings you honor and glory and praise, I want to do it with the work of my hands. In Romans chapter 6, it says this, Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, <laughs> love this, so we too might walk in newness of life. Your relationship with Christ has given you what you need to live a godly life. We're not exempt from falling. The temptations are going to come. Those old habits and those old desires will still creep up because the flesh is strong, but we walk by the Spirit. We walk by faith, not by sight. We continually consider dead those things that were of our former life because if we don't, we will have this tendency to say, you know, give that back to me. I need it. Words cut deep. And if I'm not careful, I can let those words begin to dictate what I do in life rather than building my life on the foundation of Jesus Christ and saying, you know what? I'm not going to be distracted by the lies. If there's truth in what people say, I will take that and I will own it. It's not everything that everyone says. You can't just walk around and say, like, oh, that's, what you're, that's your opinion. Maybe there's some truth to it. Our identity in Christ, our being in Christ, here is the joy that we share in his victory. I mean, do you think about that for a second? When he conquered the grave, you know what? You did too. When he says, I have come that they may have life and have life in abundance, both here and forever, that's his gift to you. We share in that victory. There's no one righteous, no, not one. That nothing I could do could ever merit this entrance in. He did all the work. I mean, that in itself should just make us pause and say, well, that's great news. We share in his victory. 
Being in Christ also means that we have been given the information and the ability to live as an image bearer of God. Back to Genesis, right? Let us make man in our image. And man distorted that sin entered into the world. But God reconciling us to himself has given us that ability, that capacity uh, to be able to function as a true image bearer of a God who loves and forgives and redeems that which was lost. That which was broken. That which needed to be restored, you and me. I needed. It means that we have been given the supreme example on how one ought to truly live. Heaven touching earth. I'm going to love that song. Heaven touching earth. Literally, heaven came down and met with us. Said, I'm coming to redeem you unto myself, to reconcile you unto myself. Because you were lost. And as we live, we look at the life of Jesus. And so when we see things of forgiving one another, being kind to one another, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, we should say, I can do that because of him who lives in me. That we take literally to be true that his power is made perfect in our weakness. That it's not a means that you can bench press a thousand pounds because I have tried, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That when you get to your end and you say, I don't know if I can take this step of faith. I don't know what to do, God. You just come and you yield and you submit to God and say, God, I trust you. I trust that your plan is perfect. I trust that if you're calling me to do something, I'm going to take that step of faith that trusts you, that shows I'm going to be obedient to you, and then just watch God's faithfulness. Just watch what he can do. Funny uh, how, how good we are at limiting God. You ever, you ever thought about that? It's kind of like, I was like one of my, you know, my kids were at this uh, uh, resale store and they were playing like one of those jack-in-the-boxes. They still freak me out. Uh, but he's turning and turning and he jumps out and he's not scared. I jump every time. Uh, you know, and I'm like, we just kind of stuffed God in this box and just said, well, I think you can only work and move in this area. This area I'm not so sure about. Now, we may not say that by our words, but our actions often prove that. You are in Christ. You are a new the old has gone. The law of sin and death has been dealt with. You have been reconciled unto God in new life, into hope, into peace, into eternity, into having a relationship with a holy God who required something. And you know what? Heaven came to earth. Jesus came to us to pay the ransom that was required, that we should have paid, but because of God's great mercy and his great goodness and his grace towards us, purchased it, bought it with his body and his blood, that we could have newness of life, that our desires could be the desires of a holy God, not the desires of a sinful
See, what we do with our lives flows from who we are. And I pray what oozes and just comes out of us is this life of love for the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of showing a lost and dying world, a culture that wants nothing to do with righteousness, that we say, oh man, his testimony is true, it is good, Jesus saves We all know that testimony of someone that we would say God could never use that person. God redeemed them, called them, saved them, and they've become a force to be reckoned with. That's what God's in the business of doing. Not by anyone here, and hopefully this doesn't happen here, but I've been accused of, well, uh, you know, when I get up and speak, oh, you're all animated, and it's all in acting. It's not acting. Like, when, you, when I start talking about Jesus, this is normally how I get. Like, I'm going to start probably screaming in your face with excitement. Just because this is the greatest thing to ever happen. Salvation comes from the Lord. It is available to you. Have you received it? And if you have received it, who do you know that it becomes your mission this year to say, I will do what I can by the strength of God. His Holy Spirit's going to do the work, but I want to be used by God so much so to reach this person for Jesus. That they too can come to comprehend what it means to be in Christ Jesus and have a newness of life. Christ not only died... Let me repeat this. Christ not only died so that we could live through him and for him, but that we could, as believers, live in him. We live in him, not just for him, but we live in him. This is the most intimate union that is possible. We have been reconciled unto God. He did not need to be reconciled unto us. He didn't need to be reconciled unto us. We desperately needed to be reconciled to him. That's why his pursuit of me will always drive me to my knees because I don't understand it totally. One day when I have the mind of Christ, I'll get it. I'll be like, oh, I made it a lot more complex than it probably was. That's the amazing part because I know how fallen and broken I am. I know that I mess up. I know I say things I shouldn't say, do things that I shouldn't do. But I know that God had two, if you will, options with sin. He could count it, or he could cancel it. I am so thankful that I get to stand before him one day, and he throws that ledger out. Because when he sees me, he sees his son, Jesus Christ, in his shed blood. That's the beauty of the reconciling ministry of God. So our identity really is about seeing ourselves from God's perspective. One who was pursued by God. Seeing you as he created you, being okay with you. And if I'm not careful, sometimes I'm not okay with who I am. 
think I should be better. I think I should be something I'm not. I think I should be like that pastor or that speaker or that person. I just have to come and say, God, you didn't make a mistake with me. I'm where you've called me to be. If you wanted me to be that person, then I would be that person, but I probably wouldn't know I'd be that person because I'm that person and not this person. You with me? I'll watch the, I'll watch the playback and see if that made sense. <laughs> but you kind of get, right, you get it. You get it. You and I, my friends, who check this out, were designed by the creator. You are who you are on purpose. The question is, with that purpose, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to show thanks and praise to God? God, thank you for who I am. I love people that are generous. I love people that are kind. I love people that are filled with love and joy and hope and peace because that is who God is, who his son Jesus is. I mean, the greatest act of generosity was I've come to give life. And life in limitation? No. Life in abundance. Hope. Peace. Declared righteous. Like not surfing waves righteous, like declared righteous. So take hold of this today. Christ did not go to the cross to suffer and die, then rise from the grave so that he could keep you at arm's length. No, he did this so that we could be reconciled unto God. See, scripture speaks of this beautiful union. Galatians 2.20, one of a life verse for me. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, being in Christ, right? Live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith requires something of us. Obedience. Trust. Pursuit of love and knowledge of Jesus Christ, but not just the knowledge, but the life application Galatians chapter 6, 14. But may it never be that I would boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. As we prepare to take communion in just a few moments, let me just close with a couple of thoughts here. And let me say this a couple of times, because I want to make sure when you leave here today, this really resonates with you, and it's soaked and it's marinated in your mind. Don't spend your life wondering who am I when you live in and through and for the one who said I am. Let me say that one more time. Don't spend your life wondering who am I when you live in and through the one who said I am. He knows who he is. There's no question about that. There's no insecurity in him. You look through scriptures and you look at Jesus. You know, if they had seen me, they would have seen the Father. The I am statements of Jesus. I'm the bread of life and I'm living water through the gospel of John. The greatest thing that Jesus said is, you know, at the end, I am. Who are you? I am. Who 
sent from the Father. Let's be careful not to let the culture define us. Be careful not to let the culture begin to pour into us what they think that we as believers should be. He who is for me is greater than he who is against me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, you are not defenseless, you are not weak. You're not powerless. You're not without hope. You don't have to wander aimlessly through life. You have the navigating spirit of God within you to accomplish what you need to do. The purpose of our life is to live in him, for him, by him, to bring him glory, in honor, in praise, through our hands, through our life, what he has called us to do so that when we stand before him one day, whoo, we can take a break. See, I did what you have called me to do, God. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who has given me life, who gave me purpose, who gave me hope when I was hopeless, who gave me peace when I was at war in an enemy with you, God. You reconciled me unto yourself. You love me. You pursued me. I am who you say I am, not what I say about myself, because we are sometimes our own worst critics. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, you should have kept your arms down, right? Like, you know, I get in my head a lot. Which is why I just continually have to be filling my mind with the word of God because this is my identity. What I do with you here is my job in this life, and I love it. I do, I love it. You can't tell, I love it. And I will spend as much time with the breath that is in me doing this, hoping it makes an impact and a difference. But what I do know is that I am who he says I am. And out of that, I just want to live for him and do what he wants me to do and be faithful and quick to forgive, uh, 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 quick to uh, ask forgiveness when I do things that are wrong, that go against him. am who you say I am, God. You feel loved? You feel pursued? Do you praise God that he has declared you righteous? That we have been justified by the shed blood of Jesus? Bring a smile to your face. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, what I love about the Greek language is there's this emphatic statement in there. Behold, look, see. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, check this out. He is a new creation, brand new. What was done is done. The words of Paul are so good because you remember the life of Paul before his encounter. One of the greatest persecutors of the church. We see him in scripture at the stoning of Stephen, hanging out, watching, 
God meets with him, and then we get this. Therefore, I was not in Christ then. I am in Christ now, and let me tell you, there is newness. Let me tell you, those old things and the law and the flesh, those, those, I'm done with that. It is all about the person of Jesus. We're going to come before the Lord in communion. We're going to come to his table, and, we, and I love that this just follows up on the heels of our time this morning. And as Jesus is meeting with the disciples, he takes the bread and he breaks it. He says, take, eat. This is my body, which was given for you. Then he takes the cup, representing his blood. He says, drink of this. This is my blood that was given for you. The life that we have now, that we live in Christ, is only accomplished because of what this represents, that Jesus gave it all. So I just encourage you, take a moment. And if you have placed your faith, trust, and obedience in Jesus, this is for you. We're going to have people that are going to be standing through this sanctuary. We encourage you to go and take this and, and dip in the cup and eat it. Take your time. Don't feel like you've got to hop up right away. Take a moment just to, to pause. In, instead of the busyness of life, just take a moment and examine yourselves as Scripture reminds us. You're going to hear things spoken to you, and this is Christ's body given for you. This is Christ's blood shed for you. Let me remind you that that is so personal. Heavenly Fathers, we come to the table and we eat and we drink. This body, this blood, and this bread and this juice, which was representing what you have done, Father, we do so with the understanding that it cost you everything. But you willingly went to this cross, despising its shame, and you now sit at the right hand of the Father. Thank you for giving us newness of life. Thank you for reconciling us, redeeming us, saving us. Pray this in Jesus' name.
With no insecurity, we can be confident in who we are because we are your sons and your daughters. Thank you, God, that you are great. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you you restore.
Great are you, Lord. Amen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And it's good to know who he is so that we can know who we ought to be and are. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you both now and forevermore. May he bring you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Your